You know what time it is. Yeah, it's the time for Scaring is Sharing, a podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror and other things. Asterisk. <laughs> Asterisk and some other stuff. <laughs> welcome. Welcome, welcome. I am here today with the beautiful, the fabulous, the remarkable Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. I am here with the amazingly talented and funny Brandy Joe Plambeck, the flaming scream queen himself. That is right. If you've never joined us before, Jeremy and I love horror movies so fucking much. And we talk about them all the time, um, weekly, in fact. And that's why you're here. Uh, but we also talk about some other things from time to time. But from time we, to time. From time to time. And we assign the other person in a film they've never seen before. And we share the scares and then we watch them and we come back and we give our, our views. And that's that's the gist. If you want to skip ahead to the reviews, just look in the, the time notes and or whatever they're called. Podcast notes. Yeah, that's right. We assign each other movies from the horror milieu, but sometimes they're horror adjacent and not necessarily. Sometimes. And there's the asterisk. Sometimes we talk about <laughs> other things. <laughs> You know, right before we started, you said something like, oh, let's go or yeah. something. Shit, let's Mario. I cannot yeah. believe like the Super Mario movie was like so not even on my radar. Like I played it a ton as a kid, but like I mm-hmm. have not played video games in a million years and just not even on my radar. And to like look and see how much money that movie has made is insane. Uh, yeah, it's an untapped like Mario is such a cultural phenomenon. Like how many generations has it touched? Uh, so many. We all know Mario. Like, of course, it, they were sitting on a gold mine if they did it right. And it sounds like they they did it right enough. I know critics were like, eh, it's OK, but it, like, who cares? They did it right enough that everyone wants to see this thing. So, yeah, I mean, it, it isn't a big surprise, just not something I was I was thinking, oh, that's probably going to be a moderate hit. But it makes sense as soon as I see it. Like it is a cultural pheno- phenomenon, like around the world. It has been for since I was a child. So yes. <laughs> I know. Right. And I was like you. I thought it would be a moderate hit. And then yeah. it came out and was gigantic. And then I was like, well, you know, Nintendo is just as big a thing, if not bigger at times than like Marvel Comics or DC Comics or even Star Wars. So it's like it's a no brainer that they would be able to create. Uh, I don't know why they haven't done it more. Like, why aren't there? Now they're going to. Of course, now they're going to make every old Nintendo game. Legend into a of movie. Zelda. Yeah, Legend of Zelda is going to happen. I'm sure Kirby. They'll probably do a Mario Kart, you know, movie. Like everything we all. Donkey Kong is going to get a spinoff. So. Like Kirby from Scream. That. Kirby. Yeah, Kirby from Scream. <laughs> Kirby. Her own film. Kirby Which, speaking from of Scream. that, is like now, I mean, it's in very few cinemas. It still pulls in, I think I read like $40,000 a day, but it far surpassed Scream 5 in regards to its box office. And mm. it literally like made more than Scream 1 in on a US scale, but not rated for inflation, which it's mm. been many a year. So it wouldn't hold if that was the case. Why? Um, but still, it just did so fucking good, and I love that. Yeah, and I still haven't seen it yet, but I want to because everyone's Scream been... Six. No, of course not. You know that's what, what I'm seen. talking about. Oh no, no, <laughs> You're no! Talking about Mario, now. Mario. Yeah, Mario. I've not seen it yet, and I want to. So 
Um, yeah, let me yeah. know how it is. Go I off will. this. I will. I will. I've heard <laughs> that they say that uh, pretty much if you've played the games, like it's made for people that grew up understanding the video games and playing the video games. So sure. Yeah. But there's a good portion of that. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes real sense. Uh, and of course, you know what I'm most excited about this week? What's that? That the Exorcist little sneak peek got some good. And most people, I mean, from what I've heard, it got really positive feedback. Yeah. Yeah, from what I was reading online, too, it said it got a real positive feedback. The title is officially The Exorcist, The Believer. Mm hmm. So fine with I'm fine with because that's kind of their thing has always been a. um, uh, You know, every sequel has got like a biblical (laughs) sort of subtitle to it because, you know, Exorcist 2 was Exorcist 2, The Heretic. And then mm-hmm. Exorcist 3 was technically Exorcist 3 Legion. So it's always mm-hmm. got some sort of uh, biblically based like subtitle. So it makes sense. Yeah. And I'm glad. I mean, because where would they go? Like as far as calling it the Exorcist 6 or whatever. Like, Or if know. they just if they just titled it the Exorcist, like I'm getting yeah. tired of that trend where you do a requel of a movie, but just give it the title of the original movie. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's like, let's be a little more creative, guys. Yeah. Agreed. Ah, uh, great. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm most excited about. And then I read that um the the lead gal Georgina, I can't remember her last name from um Barbarian. She's going to be in this new movie by uh is it M Night Shyamalan's daughter? Who oh. she was like she she's had going a lot to film? do a servant. Okay. Yeah. She, oh she's yeah, that's of, right. Servant was, I think, sort of her her and her dad's baby. I, I'm pretty sure that's her daughter. I should have. I it's, this week has been like crazy. So like I've caught little bits here and there, but I mm-hmm. I normally like write them down and have all the info. But it sounds really good. I, I I'm all yeah. for it. She's like in a couple genre movies coming up, so she's she rocks. I love her. Yeah, I yeah. love her so much. I don't know her last name. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and I, I am horrible. And I am excited about that surprise teaser they dropped for Godzilla versus Kong, the new empire. How does it look? Installment. Um, Everyone's losing their minds because the teaser, all it really shows is it's back in that hollow earth location with a bunch of bones and dead things everywhere. Uh, And then it closes off with some sort of, it's not Kong himself, but some sort of Kong like clearly evil looking creature sitting on a throne. Uh, so everyone's thinking that's the new threat is some sort of evil Kong that both of them will have to fight. Fun. I'm sure you enjoy so that very that much. Pretty cool. Uh, that is pretty cool. Georgina yeah. Campbell. Okay. Get off my tits. There you Georgina go. Georgina Campbell. There you go. I got, I'm just full of news. <laughs> Tell me. I'm full of news this week. And then also in the video game to, uh, you know, screen adaptation world, the teaser trailer for Twisted Metal came out. Okay. And that looks cool as hell. Which was that heavy metal cartoon? Oh, no, that's heavy uh, metal. That's heavy metal. Twisted Metal, it was on the Playstations. Like, I think the first one was on PlayStation 1. It was one of, like, the flagship games at the time. It's like a sort of a racing demolition derby style game where uh it's like set in this you know apocalyptic future and people have cars that are souped up with uh the characters have cars that are souped up with like machine guns and all kinds of gadgets and they got to fight each other in like a gladiator uh uh style combat but with cars um but it's got a lot of real dark 
horror adjacent stuff in there. For example, the main like villain of the Twisted Metal series is the character Sweet Tooth, who is a serial killer clown that drives an oh. ice cream truck. So okay. um, he's like the most iconic character and he's making the jump to the screen as the trailer has showed us. So uh, that should be cool. Fabulous. I and it's, can't it's, wait. It's going to be a series on Peacock. So, okay. Interesting. Well, have fun with that. I will. I'll report back and let you know. <laughs> it looks like it's going to be stupid fun. But uh, if you're like me and you like playing those games, because you're like, these are so dark and awesome. Uh, then, uh, yeah, tune in and let me know what you think about it when it comes out. Okay. And I will do the same. Okay. Uh, do you have any other Neos? Probably. I've been reading stuff. It, it seems like it's another one of those weeks where they're just dropping bombs left and right on stuff, but I can't even remember half the Good shit. Good bombs. Read, so um, just all kinds of it, it feels like we're in that period where they're announcing stuff where I'm not sure we'll see if it ever gets made or if it actually comes out anytime soon before we all forget about it. But that kind of stuff. I read that Squid Game is starting filming this summer, the second oh, season. Wow. OK. And we'll film for 10 months. So wow. we'll be seeing that in nine years. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's going to be a long ways away. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's read some teragrams. Okay. Let's do so it. So first up, I have one from Teacher Drew who writes, Hey guys, Evil Dead Rise was everything I hoped it would be. I loved the fresh take on the premise while still staying true to all things Deadite. It was truly creepy and atmospheric. The peephole point of view was crazy good. The framing device was perfect. I might even like it better than the last one. Warm Bodies is an interesting take on the rom-com horror mashup. Equal parts humor, heart, and zombies. Jolly good fun. I appreciate your comments about my carjacking experience. And yes, when it comes to hypotheticals, you really don't know what you'll do. Most of my family is in law enforcement, and trust me, I know better than to fight with a gun-carrying thief in the confined space of my Camaro. And yet have been watching from as well. I agree. It is so good. Part lost, part walking dead with Castle Rock vibes. I highly recommend it. My hot take of the week. I liked Dr. Sleep better than The Shining. Of course, I'm talking movies. Reverse that for the novels. Well, my friends, till next time, you're simply the best. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay you, Teacher Drew in Phoenix. Thanks, Teacher Drew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't... I I liked Dr. Sleep the... First, I'm sure I probably talked about this, but the first time I watched it, I liked it. The second time I, I watched the longer one, uh-huh. and I don't think that that was why, but it just it, it didn't hit for me as hard the second time. I didn't like it as much, the movie overall. Yeah, I uh, I really, I've only seen it once, and I enjoyed it the first time, but I've had that kind of like inkling, that sinking feeling that if I go back and rewatch it, I'm probably not going to enjoy it as much. Like one of those movies where like it surpassed the expectations I already had, which were low (laughs) to begin with. And then seeing the movie, I was like, oh, that was pretty good. But I'm not sure I want to go back to it because I don't feel like it has the power that uh, as teacher Drew would disagree, the power that Kubrick's uh, film has over me. So yeah, I, I really loved the little girl who played Abra. I liked Kylie Kieran. I thought she was so good. That was my favorite part of the movie was like her story. The Danny Torrance stuff, as much as I love, you know, themes of addiction and whatnot. And I liked that part. But some of that storyline, like I just would have rather focused on just the new, the new story, the new girl, the new girl on the block. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked Rebecca Ferguson as Rose the Hat. I thought that was good. And that scene with Jacob Tremblay is frightening 
he is such a good little actor. I can't wait to see what happens with him as he gets older. He's so talented. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So good. Um, and yeah, I I I have not read Dr. Sleep the novel. I've heard it's pretty good. I know it is faithful to the original novel. Like, yep. so whereas the movie is faithful to the original movie, which yep. there was some fun in that. Like, I really loved that gal from um, Starry Eyes who played Wendy. I thought she was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Esso. Esso. I loved her. Loved her. I thought she was so good. Um, but I didn't like when they went back to the hotel. I didn't like, I liked the callbacks, but it just f- didn't feel, I don't know. I didn't care for that as much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thanks for writing in, Teacher Drew. We love you. And we hope that your year wraps up well. I think you have just a little bit of time left yet. Um, but thanks for writing in. You have one yeah. for us, Jeremy? I do. The next one comes from Ethan. Ethan. Uh, and the subject line is Scream 6, dot, dot, dot. And it begins, more like Scream sucks. Oh. Uh, and Ethan says, hi, guys. I just watched Scream 6 for like the first time since it was just added to Paramount Plus, And wow, what a letdown. I will say I did like the opening. I was thinking, oh, wow, they're doing the reveal early. I hated everyone. Samantha still seems super stiff to me, and everyone just seemed to become super annoying. Maybe I'm being a snob, but I hated it. I had to turn it off after the killers were revealed because I was so bored, annoyed, and could barely, could not bear watching 15 more minutes of the movie. I really liked five and was super excited for six, but I think I'll pass on seven. I'm happy you two enjoyed it, though. Also, since last writing, I have listened to The Shining, Dr. Sleep, and I'm currently 24% into it. Not sure if I'm in the minority, but the novels of both The Shinings and Dr. Sleep blow the movies out of the water. I'll have to get back to you on it. The next book I have on re- have ready is The Stand. Uh, it'll take a few weeks to finish it, but I'll have to let you know what I think. Uh, okay, bye-bye. That's Ethan. That is so funny that he has a shining link as well. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Right when you were talking about that, he's talking about the books, which that is, is so yeah. funny. Um, yeah, you know, we were we're we're Scream Six boosters here, so sorry. I'm sorry, Ethan, that you did not. If only you could see it through my eyes, you'd understand. <laughs> the guys over on It's Only a Podcast weren't as wild about it either. There's <laughs> their sort of main beef with it was like sort of the um. Like how they wrap the movie up. Like the first one is, you know, all about horror movies. The second one's all about sequels. And then like this last one, the fifth one was all about like the requel. And that uh-huh. was sort of, you know, that big Mindy, Randy, like monologue. And then yeah. this one dealing with franchises that that didn't hit as well mm-hmm. with this one. And that that sort of, you know, explanation or whatever wasn't as strong, which I, I didn't mind that as much. I didn't have as strong of opinion opinion as that. But I'm just I'm shocked that Ethan disliked it so much that he just wouldn't even finish it. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> like that is that's that's harsh. Like, whoa. But but yeah. And then to the novels as well. It's funny. Like, so I I mean, I love the stand or uh, sorry, not the stand, the shining. I love the shining, the the novel, but I also love the movie. I'm like one of those people where I live in that. I feel like everyone wants you to pick either or. <laughs> And not mm-hmm. just both. I like both. 
Um, Cause I do argue that Kubrick did a successful adaptation where uh, you don't necessarily want to make um, a novel the, ex- or yeah, you don't, you don't want to turn a movie based on a novel into the exact same experience as the novel. So, I mean, I, I think it was, he made it a Kubrick story. Uh, which worked <laughs> for, you know, what he was trying to do. But yeah, this, the, the Shining was the first Stephen King I ever read. And that was in high school. Uh, and it's, I don't think I've, I've not revisited it. I've only read it the one time in high school and it still sticks with me. So um, it's a very good book. Uh, and, um, and then it, I haven't read Dr. Sleep, but I have read it. It was like, it's funny that Ethan's reading these two because I read the Shining in high school and that was like my only exposure to written Stephen King. Uh, and then I kind of like, that was it. Like, that's all I had read by him. And, but then in college, I was like, oh, I better revisit the Stephen King guy. Everybody's, you know, talked about. Uh, so I read it. That was like the first thing I picked up to get back into or uh, to try and read more Stephen King. And it is like a phenomenal book. Um, the movies have always paled in comparison to uh, uh, the novel. so. Um. Yeah. So good, but it's long. So have fun, Ethan. It'll take a minute. <laughs> yeah, I I miss having a ride where I can listen to audiobooks because it sounds like that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would have do- dove into some of those. I took when I went to rehab uh, five plus years ago. Now I took it with me, and I was planning on reading it because I thought, oh, I have all this time in there, and I really didn't. Like, I mean, we had so many like therapy sessions and meetings and all this stuff mm-hmm. and then i just played like a lot of cards too mm-hmm. <laughs> so i had a little more time and then i was just like you know figuring everything out like you know making lists and really diving into my mental health and and i just didn't i read like the first whatever 10 pages 50 pages i don't remember mm-hmm. um but i was like i've always wanted to go back and, and just really a read fraction it. of the book yeah just like yeah. a mirror chip on the block. <laughs> yep. And then, and then The Stand, I've read The Stand as well, which I think is also a phenomenal book, but it is even if you're reading the full uncut version, uh the unabridged The Stand, it's even longer than it. So, uh wow. that'll that's an even longer investment because that's the one I read is the, like it's like 1200 pages long, The Oy, Unabridged hey. The Stand. That's um, a lot. I mean, it's his, well, some would argue the Dark Tower series is this, but like Stephen King himself has referred to the stand as his Lord of the Rings. Oh. So it's like, oh yeah, I get it. It's, a, you know, an epic good versus evil story is what the stand is at its core. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah you, you, you kind of want to take your time telling that. Well, thanks for writing in, Ethan. We appreciate you. All right, let's go on. I have some telegrams from Lauren, and Lauren writes, I'll be honest. I'm not one of those parents terrified of what my kid sees on the internet. Obviously, I worry about oversharing personal information or being specialized by strangers. And unlike when we were kids, everything goes straight onto social media where it will live forever. I mean, message boards were just becoming a thing when I was in college, and you definitely learned quickly that there was no real undo delete button once you put it out there. But we had that lag between taking a picture on a camera, digital if you were fancy, and loading it up on your computer, then logging into the message board and sharing it. Now stuff is shared in real time, and there's no cool down period between creating questionable, incriminating evidence and sharing it with the world. Besides, I secretly went to old rotten.com using the family computer back when I was in high school, and I turned out all right. 
Uh, furthermore, I'm going to skip down here. Let's see. I um I did it. I watched Terrifier and Terrifier 2. I guess I was kind of spoiled to a lot of the iconic kills, so I think my brain went in prepared. I'd listened to interviews about scenes and experiences in the set, so I found myself examining certain gags rather than being repulsed by them. They definitely use that crowdsourced big movie money to good use for the sequel. It was definitely for the fans who wanted more and with fun throwbacks and winks to the original. I won't say I loved it, but I enjoyed some of the creativity, even if it felt like it was one of those 80s horror movies where they forgot to cleanly wrap up the plot and backstory they had been attempting to dangle in front of our faces like so much mutilated flesh. Thank you, Lauren. I'm glad you made it through without any incident. Very cool. And I do. I kind of like that. I like that Terrifier 2 like did a ton of world building and then left most of it dangling because I'm like, (laughs) who says you need to wrap it up? Like, you know, if you're doing all that world building, ideally, you're like, I want a franchise. So, yeah, just let it out there so you can hopefully talk about it in sequels, more sequels. Did you were you a fan of Rotten.com? I was. I did. I did go on there, too, as a teenager. That was my high school days. I didn't really do that. I, I I didn't use to really like efox.com, which please don't go there. <laughs> but it's like, it's more definitely more sexually based and like depraved sort of stuff. But that okay. was like, that used to be my jam. I don't even know if it's still a thing anymore. But. And it's funny that she t- talked about message boards because me and my friends always talk about how we were like uh, the first wave of like, before people really understood what a troll was, like we were doing that on, <laughs> oh you know, God. message boards and shit. So um, I think there's just something to the antagonism that uh, suburban, uh, specifically white suburban young men feel that we want to go on to things and just mess with people. So, yeah, I know I spent a lot of times on these um uh, music forums, actually, of course, specifically like heavy metal and stuff, just arguing with people about stupid shit. So that's why I'm glad certain pieces of the internet just don't seem to exist anymore because I'm sure the server space is now gone for them. So oh it's God. the IMD message boards. I know I talk about it all the time, but God, I miss them. So that was another much. one. I was on there arguing with people about bad movies that were like, why uh, was I even having these arguments about I movies loved, that are even worth arguing about? So. Loved it so fucking much. But it's all gone now. The music oh. forum I used to be on, oh. I've tried to find it. It's it's long gone. I'm like, I'm sure the awful things I said are buried <laughs> in the internet somewhere. Um, but yeah, you can't find it. So I'm like, good. Glad. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I used to really be into the IMD message boards. And I, it feels like Reddit is similar. Like Reddit is just message boards. It's nothing fancy, right? Yeah, exactly. I think Reddit kind of usurped the idea of like that's if you want the idea of a message board, you just go on I just Reddit don't now. Get it. And I know it's probably not hard to get, but I've never I rarely spend any time on there. But I hear about people just going down rabbit holes and I'm like, that sounds fun. I want to go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I think I think Reddit is cool for a lot of like you're saying where especially when you're into the weird shit like me, like there's a lot of cool like paranormal uh threads on reddit and stuff and reading people's whether they're real or just entirely you know creepy pasta made up on the internet you'll find some you can find some cool shit on there that just get you going reading about it and just go on and on and on 
Well, thanks for writing in, Lauren. And anybody can write in to us. We'd love to hear from you. Scaringandsharing at gmail.com. Follow us on Insta. Scaring and sharing all one word and slide into the DMs. Yeah. I have the the tiniest of corrections, Coven. Um, okay. Mostly just because, you know me, I love to say things incorrectly or I don't know if a word is right. And the last episode and talking about the hole in the ground, I kept talking about schlushingers whatever and oh, i might yeah, just yeah. say Chekhov's whatever yeah Chekhov's <laughs> Chekhov's gun yeah yeah like Chekhov's whatever we know it's going to come back into play but i kept calling it Schlushingers, which is that cat that gets like let out right yeah. no oh wait schrodinger <laughs> schrodinger's cat what even That's is Schlushingers? i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't say anything you're just like okay whatever you're yeah, whatever like you he knows say. what he's talking about i don't i never do <laughs> I don't know. My mom is very similar. She'll say, you know, two things together. I can't even think like meld things that aren't like actually like the phrases. Yeah, but they're very, but they're similar to the idea, both ideas. Yes, yes, but she'll just like, and I'm so, so like that. I have that, that gene from her. Yeah. My dad always calls them yogiisms and I don't know where that comes from. But that's uh-huh. what he calls it when she says things. And he's like, that's not right. That's a yogiism. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> I don't funny. know where that comes from. Is it, Yogi, Be- is it Yogi Bear? Did you I mean, say- probably. But Did he say stuff that was wrong? I'm not, I don't, know. I don't remember I- Yogi Bear cartoons. Uh, well, either. I didn't watch that so, shit. I yeah. probably did at some point, but no, I'll I think ask we, him at some point. I think point. we all saw Yogi Bear. I just don't remember. He ate picnic baskets. That's what I know about him. He was Rude. A he was a thief. <laughs> Uh, did you watch anything this week? Um, no, I, but I was going to say about our last episode, not really a corrections coven, but you did say, like, I think one of my favorite things that's ever happened while we were recording, which was while we were talking about Ghoulies 4, you said, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore <laughs> to wrap it up. Uh, and I just I thought that was awesome. And now in my brain, I'm like, if we were to have some kind of like anyone out there that's an artist, some kind of fan art or anything like I want it to be based on Ghoulies 4 with a caption that says, I don't want to talk about this movie anymore. Like, like that would be an awesome T-shirt or something. So, <laughs> yeah i really didn't i didn't want to talk about it before it even i even watched it it even started yeah exactly so but i just love that ghoulies uh, for i don't want to talk about this movie anymore <laughs> um uh, good times views 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 let's i always just my letterbox remembers things for me now so just yes. look at it. Yep. I started a new one for TV because I used to keep a list for TV, but I read about this this app that is called I don't remember, and I downloaded it, and now I can't find Marathon. So hmm. if you're looking for a similar thing, Marathon is an app that does that for TV. So oh, cool. It, did you watch yeah. anything? I wrapped up uh, Beef. I know I mentioned this hmm. uh, recently. You liked that? I you wrapped up that? Beef. I liked it. I love that. Um, Because I know the creator is saying he does have an idea to do another series of it, Uh, but the but the 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 series we have now that could uh, uh, satisfyingly be the end of the story. Like it, I I feel like they they ended it in a way in a place that like yep that could be it. Maybe they could do more. They they did it just uh, just right that sweet spot. I feel that they could continue or they could just leave it as it is, and it's a satisfying you know, story, complete story. So okay. uh, I like that. And then uh, I revisited did because I've seen this more than a few times in my life now. But yesterday, uh, I just had some time on my hands, which 
it's been a minute since I've had a Saturday <laughs> with just free time in the morning, but I watched Mothra versus Godzilla, the original. Um, How that delightful. One's, that one's a fun, that's a fun one. And I love Mothra. I'm a big Mothra fan. I think there should be more Mothra solo movies of the, the kaiju of the giant monsters. So that was okay. a fun one. Well, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't watch anything. I watched a little bit of From, but that's about it. That's it. That's okay. It. Should we get to our shares? Oh, one other watch. thing I watch. just wanted to say, and I didn't know this until I was like poking around on Instagram randomly, but Josh Corngut follows us. Does on he? Instagram? Yeah. I tagged him a couple of times, so I didn't know that. I don't know, because I, I saw a thing and I was just looking at his Instagram and then like mutuals. He's following, scaring and sharing. Oh um, my God, Josh Corngut. And I love Josh Corngut. I love I his show. Too. As you, people, if you're not familiar, you I think we turned Lauren onto the show. In fact, one time she wrote in, but he does development hell over at Dread Central, uh, which is a show that focuses every episode about an unmade sequel. Uh, to various horror franchises or an unmade horror movie, but mostly it's sequels. Like he's done series on the unmade Friday the 13th that never happened and the Halloweens and it's just great. Uh, and I just kind of like squealed uh, a happy little squeal <laughs> when I saw amazing. that because I was like, oh my God, an actual like in my mind, you know, he's a real podcaster and we're uh, just, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're just trying to be like him, somebody like him, and he follows is, us. So that's great. Yes, and he is a, a out and proud horror homosexual. He does lots of like of the writing about queer horror topics mm-hmm. on Dread Central, which Over I at love. Dread Central, yeah, yep. he's amazing. What so is he contrib- is contributing editor? I think is the I think so. The name, yeah, uh, the title exciting. for Dread Central. So I don't know. I just thought that's cool. And Josh Corngut, if you actually listen, ever. Ever, we love you. <laughs> we do love you. Thank you for following our show. And he's so cute, too. Yeah, he's he's just he's just fun. I like he's, him. Yeah, fantastic. So thanks, Josh. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being a fiend. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's share. Thank you for being a fiend. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get to the shares. I think I go first this time. You do. And this has been difficult because there's been multiple little movies that have popped up in my head that I've seen this or seen mention of it's funny it's like the universe is giving me little bits where i'm like oh that movie that movie maybe i should do this movie brandy joe has seen none of these so i guess i'm just gonna start plowing through them uh for the next few weeks or something i don't know but you know what i thought this morning when i woke up i'm doing this movie and that is so i'm gonna stick with it because I was about to change my mind Just when you, start, you me, started Jeremy. talking about Chekhov's gun, so I was going to do something else. But no, Manhunter. Oh, fun. Okay. I'm excited mm-hmm. to watch it. I mean, I know it's essentially Red Dragon. I know mm-hmm. Joan Allen is in it, because I fucking love Joan Allen. And I really loved Emily Watson. I think that's right. Emily Watson in Red Dragon. I thought she was so, so good. And Mary Louise Parker. Uh, good. Um, so I know Hannibal Lecter is like in prison still i don't think he ever like busts out like i think silence of lambs is like after and there's this killer with tattoos and a blind girl and that's what i know (laughs) that's what i remember cool i'm really excited to check it out yeah it is i will say it is wildly like if you're remembering stuff from red dragon the movie it's a whole other experience so i'm excited for you to have this with it's weird. when i think of the video box i feel like there's imagery of um 
what is that called that that olympic sport like a luge when you're in like that thing and you go down like that the oh track. yeah yeah the luge. i don't know yeah. why i remember or, something that looks kind of like that like someone like laying in something that looks like some sort of apparatus and i don't yeah. know why that seems to come to my mind and i'm probably a hundred percent wrong um yeah i'm gonna look it up and see what because that up. is i don't know why that when because i remember looking at the vhs as a kid and yeah nope i'm looking at the vhs right now and there's nothing like that so yep. i don't know why that comes to my mind when yep. i think of it i'm seeing it, i'm, I'm seeing the video box that i remember which is a guy pointing the gun oh yeah, no oh that's the one i remember that's not the one i, I remember this uh this later one that's got uh it's got him shining a flashlight from a doorway. Yeah, the the gun one, one has a That's similar. The one I remember. Yeah, like that has it like in like the bottom portion. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. I was I just rem- wrong. Yeah, it looks like it. Unless right. there's no. When I as soon as I saw the correct one, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that one. Um. So yeah, that's just something I made up in my mind as we do from time to time. Like I always seem to remember this story or this. I remember that I was a little boy and a horse stepped on my hand. Like there used to be this little field by our house and that we had horses or someone did. And I remember a horse stepping on my hand, but my parents say that never happened. So I just made that up in my mind, I guess, or they're old. So they're old and they forgot. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe you dreamed it. I might've, or maybe, maybe it happened to an alternate brandy joe in a different timeline yes i also remember the story of my dad telling me um something about like something about when he got married to my mom the only thing they had to like work out was how like you roll up the toothpaste roll from the bottom like that was like a topic they discussed and i like tried to ask him about it like later in life and he's like that is not a thing that we've never talked about that and i was like I swear you, you, I remember you being like, yeah, they, when we got married, there was only one thing, one topic that we needed to get figured out. <laughs> and that's just so weird. Like how alternate maybe, universes, maybe he was joking with you and just forgot that he told a joke. Yeah, I guess could be, I don't know. I had, now I wish I could remember it. Cause you said that and I had something I asked my mom about not that long ago where I was like, I remember blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So it's like, apparently us children do that a lot. Ugh, false memories. Yep. Or alternate dimensions. Or alternate dimensions, yes. All right. Well, I am giving you from 2016, The Monster. The Monster? From 2016. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, I think this is sounds familiar. I feel like there was a wave of, like, straight to streaming, straight to video on demand. I, I, I feel like that's what this is. I think if it's the movie I'm thinking about um that just kind of came out uh you know what would be straight to video back in the 80s and early 90s has now become you know straight to digital streaming uh sort of things i think it's one of those like a monster movie hence the monster uh where people are fighting a monster it's the one i think i'm thinking of i think it's in like a limited location they're either in a car or like trapped in a house or something and there's a monster and hilarity ensues all right. Well, let's yeah. watch it. Let's do it. And talk about it. Awesome. Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Hey, 
So for those that don't know, this is the half where we talk about the movies. Yeah. Yeah. If you didn't hear us in the first half, talk about the second half. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going are. on. <laughs> but we're going to do it. Jeremy, gonna, you I'm, shared with me. I'm up first. Uh, and that is the movie Manhunter, directed by Michael Mann. Michael Manhunter. Michael Manhunter. Uh, from 1986. Of course, this is the original adaptation of the novel Red Dragon. Uh, the tagline is, it's just you and me now, sport. Mm. Ooh, ooh, it's ooh. a line from the movie. Uh, and the description is, FBI agent Will Graham, who retired after catching Hannibal Lecter, returns to duty to engage in a risky cat and mouse game with Lecter to capture a new killer. Yeah. Yeah. This movie's so good. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. I just, there's a couple like weird things about it, but I'll say what I really liked about it first. Okay. It's like, it's so well made. It almost feels like a contemporary movie made to feel like an 80s movie. Yeah, it does. Like it it? just, it feels very contemporary. Like it just has such a great vibe. The music is so good. Yeah. And I think, to that point, I think it's just because right now people are aping the 80s so much. Yes. That like some of these really well-made 80s movies feel like they could be made now just using 80s style. But yes, I think that that is 100% it. And there's just so many gorgeous shots. The acting is so good. Yeah. It's just like I I asked my husband if he'd seen it and he said, I saw it in the theater. And I was like, wow. wow. I, didn't, I honestly, for some reason, didn't even know it was in the theater. I mean, it, makes sense but mm-hmm. i just it's not one of those that i'd ever really heard about until after silence of the lambs came out and then you would hear that yes. there was another one written before it never interested me as a kid because i always thought like i liked silence of the lambs because of jodie foster like mm-hmm. she was my what i liked about it so much was that female lead so i didn't really have any interest in this story william peterson in this yeah. one but I'm I'm really glad I liked it. I think the writing is also just like really kind of cool and yeah, it just it just has such a good vibe. It's so good. I haven't seen Red Dragon in a while, the movie. Okay. Uh, but I think thinking back to it, like rewatching this and then thinking of Red Dragon, Red Dragon, the movie feels like longer and like uh like they could have trimmed fat from the story. Whereas this feels leaner, um, but they're like both the same length. I looked it up. So I'm like, they, I think they just did a better job of adapting the novel to script with this movie than they did with Red Dragon, where like they tell mostly the same story. But from what I remember, Manhunter excises large chunks of the novel to try and create a streamlined story. Uh, whereas I think Red Dragon, the movie, tried to fit in like as many plot points from the novel as they could. And as much Hannibal Lecter. Like that's what yes, Joe and said. More He's like, Hannibal it, was Lecter. A, it was a cash grab. Yes, for sure. Oh, it certainly was. Um, so, oh God, there's things I want to talk about, but I feel like they're more spoilery. So I'm going to wait. Um, and also, Kim, is it Greased from, we just saw her in Chud, right? The wife. Mm-hmm. Yep. I really like her as the wife. I find just that that whole opening, like I started watching this on like my super secret site and the subtitles were off because I couldn't tell some of the things they were saying. 
mm-hmm. but the subtitles were like a minute delayed. So oh. I just ended up renting it on YouTube uh-huh. and watching it there. Um, because I, I just I, I was like, I gotta know what they're saying. But that whole opening setup is just so good, like on the beach, and mm-hmm. it's just like that's the great thing about storytelling is like I don't need this like in-depth conversations to fill in backstory of you feeding me things. I just need these bits of dialogue and see these relationships to be like intrigued. And that's how it is with like the wife and um, what is the like Jack, right? Jack. Um, Jack Crawford. Yeah. Jack Dennis, Crawford. That, Dennis like, Farina Humber- plays in yeah, this movie. Yep. She like talks to him and also yep. just that moment between them on the beach when she walks by, there's just all of these things infused without them having to tell us. Yeah. And I love that in movies when, the dialogue is very natural like this, where you, if like, just pay attention, dummy, to the dialogue, and then you'll pick up so much like backstory or fill in the blanks by, uh, you know, reading between the lines from the way they talk to each other or what they mention. Because I always think it's really hammy, because uh, some, less, we'll say less well-written movies might be like, remember that time in blah, 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 you know, and that's just such a lazy way of spoon feeding information to people. I like it much better when it's like this movie where it's very just naturalistic and you kind of pick up just by listening. Why is Hannibal Lecter's name spelled differently? No idea. That is so weird. Just something they did in this movie and everyone's always been like, I don't know why they made that choice, but they did. So so his book is written. I mean, the way it is in the book is how it is in Silence of Lambs. Yeah. And then in in every other version that for some reason, this movie decided to change the spelling. Some people think it was just like a typo or something that happened at one point and it got transferred over to everything. So how interesting. Yeah. yeah. I love Joan Allen. What? Oh, I was going to say, and I love Stephen Lang. Another, uh, uh, you know, horror uh, icon. Uh, he was Freddie Lowndes, the tabloid uh, reporter in this okay. movie. Yeah. Uh, and you know him as the blind man from Don't uh, Breathe. Oh my God. Shut yep. up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Stephen Lang. Oh my God. I did not even. Because his voice is so low and Don't Breathe. Oh yeah. No, he, he has uh, young him. And how he is now very much like he 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 looks grizzled uh, and his voice is like dropped a register, you know, oh my he God. looks and sounds totally different. He's so baby faced in this movie. Yeah, no, he's very good, too. Yeah, I read this little review that was like this movie is so good about making you feel for all the characters. And I think that it does do that pretty well, it like does. no matter how small or whatever. But yeah, everyone feels like a real person in this, so. Yes, they really, really do. Um, and I really like Joan Allen. I think I liked Emily Watson better, but it almost feels like there was more of her in Red Dragon than there was of Joan Allen here. Like Joan Allen, really, you don't introduce meet the, the Tooth Fairy until like an hour in or something. Yeah, you're like halfway through the movie before they really get into his story. So, yeah, but I, I like that a lot. I like her a lot. I think it's such a good little character. Um, I started like I wasn't as we like started getting towards the end. I was like not as into it. It started to feel like the climax. I wasn't into until like the last couple of moments of the climax. And then I was like back into it. And then I really loved like the ending ending. how has like that freeze frame and that 80s song heartbeat by Red 7. And it's already on my Apple music. It was uh-huh. so good. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, but like that that moment hits and. 
there's just someone comes crashing through glass and it looked so cool. I loved that. Mm-hmm. But there was a little bit of that lead up and I don't, I, it makes me want to watch Red Dragon again because I'm curious. I remember liking it. Um, yeah. I mean, way more than I liked Hannibal, that's for sure. But in this movie though, with Hannibal Lecter, did they get into, like, I don't remember hearing, unless I just missed it, that he like eats people and that they don't, that, did they ever refer to him as Hannibal the Cannibal? I don't think they do. I don't think they do either. That's so weird. It's like, why? Like, this movie doesn't feel like it has any issues, like, going some dark places. So why? It just seems like an odd thing to omit. Yeah, I I, I just think perhaps they didn't think he was as an important a character to the story or, like, that he was an interesting, you know, supporting character, but they didn't need to go in as in as depth with him. Because, at, like, he goes and he visits him. Mm-hmm. And then after all that stuff happens with the newspaper and like they found something in, yeah, like they found that thing in his cell. Do we ever see him again? No. Is it just one scene or is it like two scenes? There are two scenes. Two. The initial one where Will Graham goes to visit him. Uh Uh-huh. And then there's a second scene where through some trickery, he gets Will's home address over the phone. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant like, and he showed up and I'm like, I miss that. That's no, no, the, no, no, Okay. That's, that's the big thing. I remember the difference between this and Red Dragon. I yes. kept waiting for something to happen with his family. Yep. Because there that's is a- something like that in Red Dragon, right? Correct. That's the ending is that. So in that movie, the Tooth Fairy, as played by Ray Fiennes, fakes his death uh, or attempts to like confuse the police because he kills a guy and leaves a body in this fire that he starts. Uh, mm-hmm. And by the time they identify that it's not the tooth fairy that was in the fire, they put together that, oh, Will, oh, my God, we got to warn him. Like, he's probably coming to get Will Graham now. And that's what happens. They have a final confrontation at his home uh, where I believe it's his wife shoots him or something like that. I think that it's some... seems right because it's Mary Louise Parker and I love her. Yeah. And that's how the novel ends, too. Okay. Where okay. I, I, I feel like in doing this movie, they must have decided that was just too convoluted or too extra for the movie. So they cut it down and just had a final confrontation at the Tooth Fairy's it, house. It does feel like a missed opportunity here because it seems like the setup is that ultimately something will happen with Will's family. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's that they kind of like, yeah, it's this whole other little thing. Yeah. They fake you out. So, yeah, but it is. And it's just it's a it's a beautiful film and like i said the music is just top notch the music was just the best this is also i've heard this described and this makes a lot of sense as the darkest episode of miami vice ever made (laughs) uh and with good reason because michael mann uh this is his third feature film as a director but at about the time he was making this movie he was the showrunner of miami vice so he really cut his teeth on that doing action and police stuff and it translated into this uh this movie uh and this movie was way ahead of its time too because it was like on the vanguard of the whole police procedural thing becoming something everyone was obsessed with like there weren't as many movies that really got into like forensics and showing you just kind of the you know nitty-gritty office work that uh uh law enforcement and investigators do in uh, solving crimes like this uh and then of course william peterson would go on to be the star of csi so oh was he yeah Yep. Okay. Yeah, he was the lead of CSI for a long time. 
I also feel like there, like I thought there was going to be something more with how Lecter keeps saying to Will, like, you're just like me and Mm -hmm. Will freaks out and runs away. Like, I just thought there was going to be something more there. Like, is that mean like you're a killer? You just aren't acting out on it. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, that's a great sentiment that the television show took and oh does it yeah that's that's a major motif of the television show but then again you know they had what three or four seasons to develop the relationship between will graham and hannibal so they got oh is that will graham and the animal the main character is will graham and hannibal the tv series so is it like a retelling of red dragon as well like is the tooth fairy part of it yeah they went all over they retold um uh, like the first season was sort of like a prequel where, where they like took a lot of background information that the movies and novels talk about of like who Hannibal was and who Will okay. was when he first met Hannibal and they started to work together. Uh, Cause you know, doc, Dr. Lecter was a, um, a criminal psychiatrist psychiatrist before and worked with, you know, the, uh, the police without them mm-hmm. realizing he was also a psychopath, but okay. Um, yeah, they build on that. And then as the seasons progress, they start to adapt. Like they're not one-to-one adaptations, but they do do the red dragon story. At one point they do Hannibal, the novels story at one point. So they take elements from the books and kind of remix them in the show. Okay. And then there's supposed to be a Clarice TV show coming out, right? I feel like I saw like a trailer yeah. and then it's been forever. They announced it and then I've heard nothing more. So I, I know. don't know. What's up and, with I, that? and I know weird, there's like a whole bunch of weird rights issues with all of the novels and like even the character. So that could be part of it. Huh. Okay. Yeah. And it's, it's all because apparently they'd made this movie. This was d- produced by Dino De Laurentiis, you know, huge movie producer. Um, it didn't do well. And they were disappointed because they thought this movie was going to be a hit and it didn't do well. So uh, at some point, whoever it was that bought the rights to do Silence of the Lambs, they apparently actually had to get permission uh, to use the character Hannibal Lecter from Dino De Laurentiis because he actually owned the rights to the character Hannibal. He like he bought them specifically. They, sh- they shouldn't have had to because it was spelled incorrectly. So they should have been able I know, to do right? that for free. But, but, <laughs> but he gave it to him for free. Oh, okay. Yeah, because Manhunter was such a flop that he thought, eh, there's no way that Silence of the Lambs is, is probably, yeah, that's what it was. He was essentially like, good luck. And then wow. we all know what happened. So then after that, they were like, we need to make what, more what Hannibal Lecter movies. What happened? I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, about. it was a little Silence of the Lambs just, you know, went on to <laughs> major glory. And uh, from there, they were like, we need to make a bunch more Hannibal Lecter stuff, so. I'm still a little surprised after all these years. I mean, because that was when I was a kid, but I definitely saw it in the sixth grade. I want to say went to go see it. It's movies because I had my first girlfriend, Jessica, and I remember asking her. She was Mormon, though. Her, she was like, my parents won't let me go see. That. <laughs> I can't imagine having taken her when that spooge gets flung on, on Clarice's face. But mm-hmm. like, it's still a little. I mean, it is such a good movie, but it's still like kind of surprised me that it won Best Picture. I know, right? But just considering it is like right on the edge of being a horror film. Yeah, and it feels very dark and gritty for something that the Academy, like for them to go for that is yeah. like they, they usually hold back on those. So but it's just so well made and the acting is so dynamite that it just, yeah, yeah I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I remember when the first ads were coming out for it because I would get Premiere Magazine. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Premiere? I don't think it's still a thing. 
No, I don't think it is. It sounds I familiar. I think Premier. I remember. Oh my God. It was like a monthly movie magazine. It was like a oversized. And I just remember the ads coming out with like the, you know, the, um, the butterfly or the moth, but like the death face was made up of like naked women. Yes. Oh God. It was so cool. And it there was... were like a couple different ones. And I just remember being intrigued by it. Yeah. I remember, God, I saw silence of the lambs course a few years after it had been in theaters um and i think it was on television and it was like one of those things where i'm like like i have a i have an explicit memory of my mom and my aunt watching it together and letting me watch it which was like with them and i'm like poor choice parents parenting on (laughs) poor parenting on your part no um but i remember it being freaky and of course like but also not understanding like half of what was going on anyway because yeah. I was just young enough, but I, I I think I next my next exposure to Hannibal Lecter was then in high school. Um, because I had a buddy that was really like that's when my interest in true crime uh and like any stories about like serial killers started to like uh you know become prevalent. Mm-hmm. Uh and I had a buddy that was very much like me, interested in these dark things. Uh and he turned me on to the novels American Psycho. Uh, and uh, Hannibal, the novel. And I read both of those in high school and was like, um, these are freaky and fucked up. Uh, And then that same buddy was really into the movies, Silence of the Lambs and Manhunter. And that's how I got exposed to those because he was like, oh yeah, if you read the, if you like those books, you have to watch these movies because he was like obsessed with them. So I remember like checking them out and being like, holy cow, this stuff is crazy. So yeah, so, so good. Yeah. Love that. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And Manhunter is just something else. You know, it's funny to like go back and watch this one because it is like the black sheep of the Hannibal Lecter like universe because it's so wildly different from the other movies that would come out. Um, But yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Not having seen the TV show. So that aside, I would rank this second in the Lecter films. Yeah, I think I agree. I think Silence of the Lambs and then this. They're both like phenomenal movies. And then Red Dragon. And then you can just forget about Hannibal. Oh, and and don't even mention Hannibal Rising. Oh yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen that, but I bet it's bad. it's it's not great. Yeah, from what I remember. But yeah, unless you have anything else to add, um, I sure don't. So uh, out of uh, five issues of the the Tatler, uh, Tatler tabloid magazine, how many do you give it? I'm gonna give it four tabloids. Me too. All right, there's a scare of approval. Scare of approval. Heck yeah, it's worth watching. Check it out. Watch it. You can rent it for $3.99 on YouTube. Yeah. I mean, if y'all, anyone was lucky enough out there, I have the collector's edition Blu-ray oh. that Scream oh. Factory did a few years ago, which I think is out of print now. So I'm nice. glad I have that. Well, congratulations on having that. Yeah. So that's a fun experience. I'd, I've never watched it. It comes with, I watched the theatrical cut of the movie. But it does include a director's cut. I've never watched the director's cut. I know it only adds like a few minutes of footage. Okay. But... Interesting. All right. Well, let's move on to The Monster from 2016, directed by Brian Bertino of The Strangers and The Dark and the Wicked fame. Yeah. Yeah. And the tagline is Stay in the Light. 
And the description is a mother and her 10-year-old daughter are trapped in a forest. There is something in this forest, something unlike anything they have ever heard before, something that looks in the darkness and it's coming after them. Oh, I don't care for that. But I mean, it's true. That, that is yeah, it. That's that pretty much it. what it is. Thoughts? Yeah, um, it was okay. <laughs> yeah, this, this, uh, like, this was the movie I was thinking of when I described it because I yep. remembered hearing about this movie. And I remembered, and then I went and looked it up. I'll get this part out of the way. I looked it up and I was like, I remember it coming out because critics were gaga about it, like critics that reviewed it. And then it was out. And then I just remember your average, you know, from just Joe Schmo type, you know, viewers, everyone seemed to dislike it. Or at least not be as crazy as Yeah, not be as crazy about it. As critics were. And then I went and looked at the Rotten Tomatoes and I was like, oh, yes, this is one of those critics, critical reviews. It's like 80% audience score, 40%. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, But normally those are the ones you connect with. Usually, yeah. But this time around, I was like, I think I'm with the audience. And I I gave it to you because it's a monster and because we just did an A24 film. And I thought, let's do another A24 film that also people sort of forget about. Yeah, forget about (laughs) and has a monster. Um, And has a monster. Yeah. And that's the thing. Sometimes a monster is good enough for me. That's just enough. Throw a monster in and that'll (laughs) save the movie. Other times the monster's not enough. And I think this was one of those cases where... I don't know. I just did not connect with the story of the, um, and I think it might've been the acting a little bit. I don't know. It just felt very melodramatic. Like I wanted to be in the story, but it felt too, uh, uh, too over the top too like soap opera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then the monster shows up and the monster's kind of cool, but also kind of derivative. So I don't know. Yeah, it. I felt the same way. It started to grow on me, a, like a little over the halfway mark. Yeah, it's like you just you're not supposed to like the mom, right? Yeah, like you're not. But the little girl also is kind of obnoxious. But there was just a shift for me as it got towards the end. I think it must be where you know, yes, she's a crappy mom, but look, she's actually really trying to like save her kid and you know look out for her kid and the flashbacks start to like i don't know affect me a little bit more and of course it you know deals with some of those themes that i i love in a horror film like addiction and stuff but you know i like the most effective scene in the whole thing for me is after she's like relapsed and you know is passed out in front of the toilet and her daughter like comes in just like like spoons her and like sleeps with her i was like oh my god it's so sweet Mm -hmm. And like the end like was sweet to me, but the, but yeah, there's just a lot in it. Like that just like, I love the idea, but I do think a lot of it is in like the writing and in the acting that doesn't quite sell it well enough. Exactly. It, what we were just talking about with Manhunter. I think this is a movie where they front loaded it too much with info, like info yes. dump of like, she's a shit mom and she's an addict and all this stuff comes at you like real heavy handed in the beginning where I'm like, this would have been better to just kind of step into their life and let it play out. Like it didn't need to be delivered with such like immense drama in the beginning. Over, yeah, yeah. Like just seeing the daughter have to pick up and do the dishes 
and take care of everything in the beginning is enough of a setup. We don't need yeah. on top of it to see the mom and her boyfriend, Scott Speedman in a cameo, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> like, you know, slapping her and stuff like we, we don't necessarily need all that to get it. We can get it from all the other little things. Yeah. And then the flashbacks and conversation would have built it out more, but instead it all just feels kind of like it's feeling a little too after school special for me at times. So. And then the, like they, they hit this wolf and they crash and they go up to the wolf, which a, like, if you're not sure it's dead, you would, I don't think you would go near it. Like you don't want to be near a wolf when it comes back to life. You know, not, what yeah, if, if it, not like, a dangerous, you know, a potentially dangerous wild animal. And then like the mom just like reaches down and pulls out this tooth out of the wolf. Like, yeah. like, why would you even see that and think like, it's dark. You're not going to be like, what is that? Oh, let me reach in and pull something out of something i'm pretty sure is dead but not 100 percent sure mm-hmm. and then she says something like some of those cuts were from something else it's like how do you know okay you do not you do not know that yeah since when is she ranger rick over here like knows uh all the wildlife of the area and how they behave what's going on so i don't know and then like this arm gets thrown on top of like the the car at one point and just yeah yeah there were at times where i'm like yeah, I was like, this movie's just Cujo at moments, but instead of a killer dog, it's a monster. So, I don't and then know. The, yeah, and then there, there's like two car wrecks in a night, and it made me think, like my sister once in high school, I think I was in junior high, because or I was either maybe a freshman or an eighth grader, because she was three years ahead of me. But I remember my sister got in two car wrecks in three days and she wasn't driving in either of them. And everyone thought she was like a bad luck charm. One of them was like a really bad wreck. Like they like went off the road and they rolled like five times and she was fine, but it was very scary. And then the other one was just like, she was with her boyfriend and like someone like rear ended them or something like that. Jeez. But still, she was like, no one wants me to ride in their cars with them anymore. (laughs) Like that would be a lot. Have you ever been in multiple car wrecks in a day? No, not. Nope. Not in multiple. Wait, no, I think I have. Have you? Yeah. Cause I remember like there was some like road trip I had taken where like I had been in a fender bender. Uh, and then on that same trip, like a couple days later, I hit a deer on the road. So, yeah, I have. Oh, God. I got my driver's license. And I remember, like, we had just gotten home from picking it up. I was so excited. And my first car was a Camaro that, like, my dad bought for cheap. And it didn't need a lot of fixing up. But he thought we could, like, do more with it together. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, but it was this red Camaro. And I remember it was in my front driveway. And like, I was like all excited to go out on my first drive on my own. And I backed right up into this woman, like driving down a road, not like she was in a car, not like her walking. Yeah, you didn't run her over. <laughs> I didn't run her over. I just like backed up and, and the woman like saw me, but like, you know, she was like, what are you doing? Like, you should be looking at your mirror. So it wasn't, there was like no damage. I didn't get a ticket, but I was just uh-huh. like, oh my fucking God. Uh-huh. It just my first time and I hit a car. Good Lord. Good Lord. I tell ya. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a fine movie. It's yeah. like like I said, it, it got me wrapped up a little more towards the end. But the most exciting thing of all of it was in the credits, it said that the wolf was played by Miko. And I wondered who's Miko? Yeah, who is Miko? <laughs> Miko that- the wolf. Yeah, was that a, a person? I feel like I want to. I didn't look it up on IMDb, so I'm gonna do that. But Miko 
is the wolf. So was it a, and what do you think about the monster design? Uh, it was like, I give them points for a practical monster. Love that, that they actually built it and used it. Um, when it was like obscured in shadow, I think that was most effective. Um, yes. But eventually you get to kind of just see it full on. And that's when I was like, well, it looks like they kind of combined like alien from, you know, alien with uh, either the like creatures from Feast uh, yeah. or or the monster from the first Hellboy movie that he fights. Like it's very similar to that creature as well. And I was just like, that's where it felt. Look, a little that's Miko who plays the wolf. Oh, okay. Isn't that weird? I don't understand. He's like, a, looks like a full grown person. Uh huh. Male presenting who's in a couple four episodes of Euphoria. So I don't I don't understand that. Weird. So uh, was he just in a, like a dog costume standing there guess, or something? Maybe. Yeah. I guess. How queer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I liked it better when you saw less of the monster. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I also almost, yeah. I almost feel like if they had just focused on that part of the movie, even like even more focus on just the, like cut some of the beginning and we'll learn along the way that they have a horrible relationship and just kind of focus on them getting stuck and fighting the monster. I feel like that might've made it stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, And to kind of like learn through flashbacks and stuff, instead of having that whole beginning, like half hour that takes us to get into the story. Like if it had been structured a little different, um, I feel like it might've been more effective, but yeah. And like you, I, I started to come around at the end. I was like, I suddenly, I like the ending a lot more than a lot, virtually all the rest of the movie that I've seen so far. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just kind of, and it also, when, when all was said and done, I was like, yeah, that was okay, but I don't know if I'll ever watch it again, so. Yeah, and it just feels like A24 has come such a long way. Even yeah. I mean, even The Hole in the Ground was only a few years ago. Yeah. but But it just, yeah. It feels like they're they picked their material much more selectively now. Yeah, and this was also I saw it was released to like direct TV or something initially yeah. as like yeah. a exclusive for people that have had satellite, I guess. Yeah. So that is precisely it. Interesting choice. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know that I have anything else to say. Me either. All right. Well, out of five severed arms on the hood of your car. How many do you give Le Monster? Uh, I'm going to give it two and a half. That is exactly what I'm going to give it. Whoa, if that's a... Throw it on the flash heap. Throw it on the flash heap. Sure is. So there you have it. One, one goody, one baddie. Yep. One's a good witch, one's a bad witch. Yep. And so yeah. check them out, guys. Manhunter yeah, out. and the monster. Right to, to us. Yeah. Go. I was going to say, not to be confused with the manster. Oh, the what? The manster. That's an entirely I different movie. Yeah, I don't want that. Maybe we'll get to it. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, write to us. Tell us what you thought of these movies, what you want us to watch, what you're watching. Share the scares with us. Scaring is sharing at gmail.com. What'd you think of these movies? Are you part of the Manhunter Club? Uh, yeah. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Are you a fanable? That's what they're called. Are you a, a fanable? Fanable. Oh, that's good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or follow us on Insta. Scaring is sharing all one word. You got it. And Jeremy, thanks as always. Yeah, this is always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And um, food's a little funny at the Clown Cafe. How'd you know what I was going to say? <laughs> I'm inside your head. Oh, my God. Keep watching the skies. <laughs> and keep talking and watching scary movies. <laughs> I got that backwards. Keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing. That's right. Bye. Uh... Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.